So I can't believe your name actually means. Uh, what? Was it Town on Fire or something? Your name is actually a dragon name. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah we we we're, 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 we're just uh, deciding what to do for our intros and uh, looking up dragon names on this site. And uh, Brenton is actually a name for dragon. So yeah, boom, and it <laughs> means well like Town on Fire or something. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. As you know, we uh, you know if you're uh, if you're not new to the show, we like to do silly intros. But um, yeah, today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We just found it funny looking up weird uh, names for our intro. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Bearded Gamers podcast. Yeah, with your hosts, uh, Brenton, the dragon, and uh, Dan. Dracodan. Okay, that, that's it. That's my uh, dragon name. Dracodan. Dracodan. Yeah, we've cool. got a bit of a dragon theme going on today, but um, for all you new folks out there, um, you've just tuned in for the first time to the Bearded Gamers. We stumbled just, upon our podcast. Yeah, which is just me, Dan, and this uh, this chap here, Brenton, uh, discussing and rambling on about our adventures in the wonderful hobby of board gaming. Whenever you say that, I kind of want to see like an animation of us two like going through some leaves and then just like board games, like on yeah. like, a temple almost. Fighting away through canopy <laughs> jungle, trying to get to uh, the like El Dorado, but it's the, the board game heaven or something. Yeah. <laughs> so what we got coming up in the show today, Brentos? So today we're going to do a little roundup of what we've been doing this month. Yeah. We're also going to be doing a top five dragons in board games. Yeah, so return to our random fave fives. Random fave fives. Uh, we're also going to be doing a review of Evolution, the board game. Evolution. And we've got a special guest on the show we today. We've got a special guest on the show. So we're going to be doing an interview with... Drum roll, please. Sheila from Borrow a Game. Yeah, so last episode we uh, talked a little bit about renting a board game services, didn't we? And we got a chance to speak to Sheila. So Yeah, she's been kind enough to come on the show. And also we have a special surprise for the end of the show show. Yeah, end of the show show. Not show just show. the normal show, but the show show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick things off with uh, what have we been up to lately? That's right. Excellent. So, rather than ramble on for ages about uh, <laughs> what we've been up to in the world of gaming, because we always play loads of games every month, we thought we'd, uh, well, this month, come up with just one gaming highlight from the hobby that that has made us just amazingly happy to be in this awesome hobby. Yeah, because also, I mean, we're kind of looking for feedback on this as well. Like, do you like us to ramble on about a whole bunch of games, or do you like us to kind of keep it concise and focus on the features of our podcast? It- so, do you want to go first, Mr. Dan? Uh, yeah, or can drag do. On. <laughs> Dracodan. <laughs> I imagine I'm some sort of dragon wizard. <laughs> the wizard of dragons. I'll, I'll imagine like a dragon that can cast spells. Anyway, we'll come back to dragons later. Um, so, yeah, my game and highlight this month, um, for me, was uh, playing an epic... Uh, and when I say epic, I mean epic in the grandest sense. Mm-hmm. Epic game of Arkham Horror, 3rd uh, edition, which um, has just had uh, a new expansion come out. Okay. And... Um, Friend of the show, Ryan, um, he got hold of the expansion a, bit, a little bit early uh, and was like, hey, do you want to play this game? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to play this game. <laughs> because uh, do, you, do you know me? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I want to play some games. Um, but Arkham Horror is a um, HP Lovecraft, um, well, set in the world of HP Lovecraft, like horror fantasy uh, game where you play detectives and paranormal investigators during the 1930s 40s so ffg have a whole series of games set in this world um arkham horror there's mansions of madness 
Uh, there's Eldritch Horror, Elder Sign, and they all they all got the same theme, but they they all sort of focus on a sort of a different aspect of it. So Eldritch Horror is more of a sort of worldwide um, game, whereas Arkham Horror is more sort of city based. Okay. And then you've got games like Mansions of Madness, which then sort of zoom in even more. If you imagine you're on sort of a, a, a HP Lovecraft Google Maps and you're like zooming in, <laughs> you've actually got like the different levels of FFG games. Is it a bit like if you're playing PC games? I suppose if you're playing like medieval Total War, when you're, you know, you've got the whole world where you can play the yeah. small expansion where you just focus on one country. I suppose it's better that's like true. That, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we were playing a new expansion with ads like Innsmouth, uh, which is. Uh, like all of the weird underwater type creatures for those not familiar with HP Lovecraft they're like sort of demons and um, like the occult and like crazy weird um, guys who like worship demons and want to summon them bring them into our world and cause all sorts of crazy mayhem that's um, what demons do, isn't it? They're yeah. just coming, to, coming to here, kicking, kicking off a fuss. Maybe one day there'll be a nice demon. They'll <laughs> be like, hey, I just want to you know, eat some tacos with you. <laughs> but no, most of these demons are, are unbelievably nasty. Um, I imagine they're nasty because imagine like the uh, um, you know, the portal that gets them here is probably like... If, you know, if you've ever pro- um, you know, been on a train across country... It's just you sat down for long. There's kids, you know, running around. It's just like you're tired. You've been eating like rubbish food. You get off there, you're gonna be real grouchy. So I imagine like demons are the same sort of thing. You know, they've been, they've been maybe they're through. just stuck in the demon realm yeah, forever, like, like you know, man. constantly looking at their watch. Like, yeah, they, when's someone gonna summon me? That's why it's funny. Look the way they do because they're not had a chance to do their hair or anything. It's coming through that hellhole, going like, like, oh shit, someone's <laughs> opening a portal. Better, better <laughs> do my hair. <laughs> Most of them don't. Most of them just full of tentacles, which is nasty. So I, I played a, a game of this with my mate Greg um, so I haven't played huge amounts of Arkham Horror uh, but this is the third edition which has uh, taken the, the the main mechanics of the game but then sort of st- streamlined it into a more accessible game although it was still crazy hard to get hold of um, you know get get your head around okay. uh, the game there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of stuff going on but I played a game with Greg and we tried the first scenario uh, and there was a lot of rules to, to get used to and um, this is before we had the Epic game. And um, we, we messed up a few things, got absolutely battered, but, you know, had a laugh playing the game. Um, yeah. Because we both like the universe. So um, it wasn't until mate Ryan stepped up and was like, yeah, you know, he, he's well into all of it. So he's got all of the expansions. He's got all the ones for the card game, the dice game, the Manchester Magic. He's got everything. So he's like, yeah, I'll bring it round. I'll bring the new expansion and we'll, and we'll play an epic game. And uh, yeah, it was epic. It took us like four and a half, maybe nearly five hours. And we played a scenario which was um, it's called The Lantern Club. So what the new expansion gives you is um, like separate locations, whereas before you'd have uh, a whole bunch of sort of city locations connected by roads or parkways. In this, you actually have like a separate place that you can only access via paying train fare and then you hop from one island to the next sort of thing or you um, get a ferry or you have to travel by car. So that adds a whole lot more sort of elements uh, to the game. So we we did a scenario where there was some lady who had been inducted into the Lantern Club and um, she'd got in touch with us because this club had asked her to do unspeakable things and and it drove her somewhat insane. Um, So 
is we we investigated. We went to this this place and we were like, right, we need to find out what this Lantern Club's all about. Um, we had it was me, Ryan, and Greg playing all sorts of different uh, characters. I think we had like Dexter Drake, who's like a magician. Okay. Um, I was playing this this chef who um, was obsessed with sharpening our knives, <laughs> <laughs> just like to stab things. Um, and I can't remember who Ryan was. I think he was the new character. He was um, oh, worked for a delivery service, so could use a truck to like drive around a bit more. Anyway, um, so we investigated this club, found this woman. We found um, this this club where it was going down. We had to like um, get enough money and influence because it was only like the rich and the fa- you know and the fabulous and the famous, right. like the big wigs of the town that were allowed to be part of this club. So we had to try and work our way in and sort of. Um, what do you call it? like you know like James Bond our way yeah, in yeah, sort yeah. of you know yeah. in disguise work out what they're up to yeah it turns out they're Solomon Demons you know <laughs> just like all these other clubs and well. they, they were being led by this uh, guy I think his name was like the the bloodless man or something really like that. really like disappointed to play the game you know you spend a lot of time getting in there and it's just like it's just a bunch of people hanging oh, out they just like playing croquet <laughs> yeah. No, they were they were nasty, and there was like a big car chase as this the bloodless man turned into some tentacle demon who was chasing us around, and we found that their power was growing from this magical lantern, yeah. and uh, we had to break that and kill the demon like at the same time in order to vanquish the evil. But it was brilliant. Yeah. It took a long time, and it was scarily hard, and there was moments where I was like. We're definitely not going to do this, yeah. and we just managed to pull it out of the bag. So, I haven't played like a epic long game like that in a while. So that was definitely my highlight for the month. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's a wicked game, and I, I want to play more of it. So next time I'll have to get you involved. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely up for that. There was a couple of like other scenarios which had like nasty like kraken style big like underwater sea monsters and things. Yeah, I was like, oh, I fancy doing that next time. So for my highlight of the month, uh, I got to a chance to play my game 1347. In fact, I got two games out of this month. That's, uh, that's, uh... So games that we hadn't managed to play before that you got to the table. Yeah, exactly. So um, I got this game on through Kickstarter, and uh, actually I didn't actually realise I backed it. I got it, it came through, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. Wow. Because yeah, I can't remember you telling me about this originally, like when, when they, it was on Kickstarter. It was one of these things where... I have no memory of you like going, oh, yeah, I'm going to back this game and get this game. Well, no, because I, I kind of like, forced about it, and then um, I was like, I was bringing it about it, and clearly I must have clicked yes, and then <laughs> forgot about it, because then when it sent up, I was like... One of those drunk pledges. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to buy a game! <laughs> But um, it's a basically what the idea of uh, thirteen forty seven is is um you know the plague has hit uh, Europe and you are in a French city, and um, you are plague doctors who have got you're part of different factions almost and you're basically trying to like influence the town in your own special sort of way and what I really like is is the in the, is the mechanic, so when you um you've got different you've got six different tokens of ranging from like four to zero and uh four being like more influence in that area and uh so you basically just put them down like face down so you don't no one knows what kind of influence you're putting in different areas yeah, it's kind of like an um a combination of worker placement and bidding yeah 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 but it's like silent bidding, which I kind of like because you can, you everyone bids. I mean, you get the idea where people kind of go. Like, so I think in our game, Roger if you put was, more tokens on one yeah. place, you're like, well, yeah, you definitely want that. Yeah, exactly. But you <laughs> because you're all taking in turns to do it. Yeah, 
Well, what I like about that is that you, um, is that you can go like, I really want to go like um, into the settlements. So I want to go um, get the sick people and I want to heal them, sort of things. So you put influence down there, but someone else puts influence down, and you're like, oh, are they trying to steal? Maybe I put... should put more yeah, because put more only down. one person can win each section. Yeah, whoever has the most influence or whoever's closest to the first player or is actually first player. So what I like about it is like when the second person puts one down, they can put down a zero, but you're like, oh my god, they're trying to challenge me. Put more stuff down, put more stuff yeah, down. Yeah, so you can... I mean, I tried to do that a couple of times, like place my zero down just to... Like if there was somewhere that I really wanted to go, like unlike in other worker placements games where like literally as soon as someone puts their worker down, no one else can take that spot. Yeah. You've at least got the chance, like you, someone's not taking that away from you. Mm. You can put your tokens down and try and get it. So by placing the zero on something, you can kind of make it look like you're going for something else yeah. and then go for the one you really want or try and coax someone to place their tokens. So if they've already placed one on a, a space, yeah. you put your zero down and then they're like, well, I better put more on there just in case I want to win it. And you get them to waste your their tokens so you can play your somewhere else. But what I like about it as well is that I've played now two games and they've all been very, very close games, which I like. Well, in the game that we had with the guys, I thought I was nowhere near winning, but it was. I think there was only about eight points in it between um, all yeah, of us. Yeah, I think, I think the first person came with 25, the lowest was 19, so it's very, very close. So when there I played, you go, six. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. When I played with uh, Rachel, we, were, we got the same points. She only won because she had more money than me. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. Always, it's always down to that. <laughs> it's got the most money. Well, yeah, I just I like the fact I like how it works. I like how um, it's a little bit complicated, like rules wise, because uh, it is made by Italian developers and obviously translated into English. So translation isn't that great, if I'm honest. Yeah, it, it was tricky for us to get our heads around at yeah. first. But once we played a few rounds, I think it's like most games. Like once you play a few more rounds, you get into it, don't mm. you? And you you sort of see what what's going on. The artwork is really, really nice as well. On the cards, yeah. My the, my favorite part of the artwork was the um, what are they called it. Well, it's basically like the sick people. Yeah. There's one place where you can go to to get that sick person, and then you can heal them by spending some resources, and then they give you an ability. Like I had the tax collector, mm -hmm. so every time I went to the market, if it's only one in the market, yeah. Every time, yeah, I had to like have the most influence there, yeah. I would collect money from everyone else. Which so I thought uh, was going to be amazing. <laughs> Just end up annoying most people because they're like, give me, um, give me a dollar, give me a dollar. Well, I don't think I'd do it again. Where's my money, man? <laughs> Shooting them in the kneecaps. <laughs> Where's my fucking money, man? <laughs> but I like is the fact that you've got so many different things you can do because there's six different areas you can sort of participate in. So... There's lots of different things you can do, lots of different ways you can win the games. It's not just a case of like whoever has the most money in the game. That's what I kind of like about it. Those yeah, there was a, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, uh, what is the game actually? Because it's 1347, but it's got a subtitle. Because so I was looking at this, but it's in uh, it's 1347. Um, De pestis ludo. Yes. Which I've no idea what that means. I don't know if you've said it right, if I'm honest. But <laughs> maybe like. Plague of the Dead or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I really quite like it. I've um, it took me a while to get to the table because of the complexity of it, but well worth it in my yeah, eyes. Well yeah, yeah, it was good it. fun. It was good, uh, good games night. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely enjoyed it more than what I thought I would. Yeah, I can I can understand because I uh, the, when I initially explained it because we um we sat down as the four of us didn't we and we went I literally read the rules and tried to explain it as I was reading the rules. Yeah, and it was like. What sometimes though you I think with a game you've just got to power through it, power through those first few rounds where oh, yeah. you're not quite sure what's going on, 
and uh, and sort of sink into it slowly, and then you'll get there in the end. I don't think it helped the fact that it's one of those games where if um, you basically uh, you go around the square, so there's like one to six, and you uh, you go through in that order. But the first one, you can basically go like you can do lots of other things in other areas. So yeah, like, most of the other places give you one thing to yeah. do, whereas the first place gives you multiple things to do. So it's there's always complexity at the start. It's just like just skip over that one, explain <laughs> the other ones, and come back to the first one. But yeah, it's but, good. Um, it was really yeah, thirteen forty-seven. Um, plague doctors, not necessarily healing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the strange thing to, about it isn't to the it? benefit of us you know oh maybe I'll well like infecting everyone else's healing your own dudes but like well I'm not going to heal those guys it's, it's really interesting <laughs> they're not helping me out because like your plague doctors you think like oh you're there to heal the sick people well I mean John's spent the entire time basically sending his workers into the fields to make him lots lots of money that's like that's and how, he that's... he almost won whereas I was playing I had the tax collector yeah. he was getting me four gold a turn mm. there was only what Fifteen turns to the game, yeah. And I didn't have this guy straight <laughs> straight away. Four gold was not a lot because it was ten gold to get a victory point, wasn't it? I think to be fair though, <laughs> uh, uh, so what the last zone is basically so um steal shit off people. Yeah, so it's basically like you're back at camp now, and you can basically just rub off each other. And that was just Roger's like favorite zone. So he basically sat in there and just basically everyone. As I imagine everyone's come back to town. Roger's just sat there like with loads of traps, waiting for us to come back just to steal all our shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's a really, really fun game. I love how close it was as well, because that's, that's the sign of a good <clears> game. And it was good to... Because it's not the sort of game that we normally play with our gaming group. No. And I think what it might do is open up the opportunity to play other games that are similar. So Which I'm quite more Euro-style games, more worker placement-style games. So I think there's a couple that, um, that the guys will really enjoy, uh, one of which is Champions of Midgard. Yeah. Um, which is a similar, you know, worker placement game, Toll Resource, but you're, um, you know, fighting mythical Norse beasts and, you know, trying to be the new Jarl. It's Vikings, essentially, but I think that would be quite cool. Because I think also there's a lot of games out there which aren't about, like, you are an unkillable guy killing loads and loads of people, which are really, mm. really fun games. And I think yeah. sometimes, like, people go, well, this is the thing I like. I'm not going to play any of the games. But... Sometimes with weird themes, whether it's essentially <laughs> for, what the plague, which yeah. is fitting for nowadays, obviously with <laughs> COVID running rampant. But <laughs> to change, yeah, to make bring out 1347, the 2020 COVID edition. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, crack on to our next feature, which is uh, random fave fives. Random fave fives. Random fave fives. Random fave fives. One, two, three, four, five. And I thought you could do Sesame Street then. No. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, it does sound similar to that, but apparently my friend Jen pointed out that that one, two, three, four, five, like that weird uh, countdown or count up rather, yeah, is from something that's from her childhood. But I don't remember ever remember hearing it. So, but I must have done because it's in my head. So <laughs> can't remember. Anyway, we're going to be doing our top five. Well, our favourite five. Dragons from board games. So, just to clarify, we are not talking about our top five board games featuring dragons or top five dragon board games. This is just dragons that we think are fucking cool from games. Whether they're from games that we've played or games that we want to play or games that we've seen and just thought, wow, that looks really cool. That dragon looks beastie. 
So, we're going to start off with me, number five. Coming in at number five. Dan, Dan, what's your choice? So. <laughs> Dan, Dan, what's your choice? Oh Tell us, Dan, we're waiting. We can't wait to hear your top five. That's, that's our one fan. <laughs> so, uh, at number five, I have picked Mecha Dragon from the ever popular game King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo. Have you played this game, Brent? I have played King of Tokyo. We've yeah. played King of Tokyo quite a bit. So the reason I picked this is because, well, actually, I, I, I might claim this as a bit of twofer because there is a cool dragon in King of Tokyo, I Mega Dragon. There is also a cool dragon in King of New York, which is the kind of um, second edition almost of. They're, they're pretty much the same game. Mm-hmm. The the characters, you know, play all the same, um, but he is called Draconis. Yeah. And he's a mega dragon as well, or mecha dragon, mm-hmm. but he's got a fucking big gun. <laughs> you know, how many ball games have got a cool dragon with a massive gun? <laughs> you don't see that much. So he's literally like hip firing this huge laser cannon. But um, if I was to pick one of the two, it'd be mecha dragon because he's a robot dragon from outer space. You know, what's more. What's not to love, I love about that? I love that. I love that. Not only is it just a metal dragon, he's from space. Yes. Metal dragon from space. Um, but yeah, King of Tokyo is a cool uh, monster mashup where you, you're picking uh, a giant kaiju monster, whether that's Godzilla inspired, um, Kraken inspired, Mega Dragon inspired, whatever. And uh, you're playing a, a dice rolling game of smashing each other to pieces, trying to be the King of Tokyo, smashing everyone else up. First to 20 victory points or first to kill all the other monster wins. So, yeah, that's my number five. Sounds pretty good. Mega Dragon. So, coming at number five. Number five. What's your number five, Brantos? My number five is the dragon from Dwarfs in Trouble. Dwarfs in Trouble. The artwork on... I love the artwork in this game. Uh, Basically, Dwarfs in Trouble is a game where your dwarfs trying to run away from the dragon's lair and the yeah. person who wins is the one who basically... Oh, was this on Kickstarter? This was on Kickstarter, yeah. So basically, um, you've got to sort of drop your money a bit quicker than your other people, uh, than your than your colleagues. Right. I really love the, the artwork in this. It's, very, it's like Munchkin, almost. So like it's cartoony. Yeah, very spoiled. cartoony. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a great game. But I love the fact that it's kind of reversed. So rather than you've got to get the most gold, you kind of got to lose most gold, but still have some gold on you. You can't get rid of all your gold, because obviously... Oh, right, you that's quite a cool little mechanics. But, um, How's the dragon represented in the game? Is he, um, Does it have a... Like a meeple or something, or uh, no, just a have, piece on the board. No, no, no. It's just artwork on the different cards and whatnot. So it's oh, like okay, normally cool. in the background. But he, I just love the I love the artwork. I just love the concept of of the game as well, personally. But that's my number five. Dwarfs in trouble. Nice. Um, so number four. Uh, my choice for number four is the Sea Dragon from a very popular game that I t- talk about <laughs> more often than not. Came up in last month's episode, I think, in our in our pirate top five, mm-hmm. and that is Rum and Bones Second Tide. Although it obviously appears in the first edition as well, they actually have a miniature for yeah. it as well. So I thought rather than pick all to sort of traditional winged, four-legged winged dragons, I thought I'd pick something a little bit different. I really love the look of the sea dragon because yeah. it's essentially like a a giant sea snake like mm-hmm. a sea serpent but it's also really fun to play in the game so rum and bones is a um a pirate themed board game where you've got two the boards are two big ships and you're sending your crew and heroes across to board the other ship and cause havoc and destroy objectives to score points every each faction in the game also has a deck of cards yeah 
and in that deck of cards there is one card called Sea Monster Attack. Now, okay. if if you have just the basic game, the only sea monster you get is the Sea Dragon. Yeah. Um, there is an expansion which adds all sorts of other weird ones, but um, the Sea Dragon is the coolest because he comes up underneath one of the gangplanks mm-hmm. between the two ships. So if you've got enemy heroes or enemy crew on there, he just knocks them all overboard and and uh, you know chows down on on pirate soup. Um, <laughs> Uh, and he looks super cool. Now, there's two. They did a miniature in the first edition and a miniature in the second edition. I actually think I prefer the first edition um, miniature because it's got it's a bit more dynamic. It's um, it's got more of the beast on show, and he's got more of a, a serpentine kind of snake um, head with great big sort of um, scaly fins flying back. It reminds me a lot of um, Leviathan, the summon from Final Fantasy. Yeah. If you played any of the, you know, the old Final Fantasy games, he was the water dragon from that. So he doesn't have wings as such. He just has like these big, like f- a frilly n- neck piece, I guess. That, okay. Like scaly bit. So yeah, the sea dragon um, is my number four from Rum and Bones. That's quite cool. Rum and Bones. So my number four is a vast. Crystal Caverns. Yep. I like this so you do actually get to play as a dragon in this you game. You do get to play as a dragon in this game. And I like that. Um, yeah, I like the fact that you get to play as a dragon, but also I like the fact that it's a kind of a cooperative game kind of thing. You've all got your, your separate sort of like tasks you're trying to complete in that regards. Well, everyone's against each other, but like you all work off each other, which I think is quite yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So the dragon is trying to kill the knight, I think, because there's five different roles in the game. Yes, yeah, so we talked about it briefly in our yeah, goblin yes, episode. Yeah, so you got the, you got the knight, you got the dragon. Um, I'm not too sure. There's the a other... thief, goblin, and the actual cave itself. So, like, I think the the knight is trying to steal the dragon's treasure. The cave is trying to collapse and kill everybody. The thief is trying to just nick everybody's shit. The goblins want everybody out of the cave. Okay. And the dragon wants to kill the knight and protect his treasure. If I'm honest. Oh, basically, this they sort of um, based on this off of the artwork because the artwork is very like. Uh, well, that's what this list is all artwork. about, <laughs> and I just I love that. I mean, I've, I've seen we've talked about maybe getting it, playing it because obviously it's a five player yeah. game in that respect, and yeah, I just I think it'll be perfect you, for our group. I just love the fact that you get to play as dragons. There's a lot of games out there where dragons are involved, but not necessarily one that you can play as. They're normally the enemies in games. Aren't surprise, they? surprise. Yeah, <laughs> there's not many friendly dragons out there. <laughs> in okay. fact, all. Well, I mean, you get in King of Tokyo, you play as the Mecha Dragon, yeah, and obviously in Vast you play. So I mean, that is two out of the four that we <laughs> have actually said so far, right? Um, so we're on to number three, are we? Yes. So number three. You see nothing to discuss with the monster. If it wants your help, it is certainly for a nefarious purpose. The drakes you've met previously certainly haven't been very kind. You ready your weapons with determination. So, it's to be that way, is it? takes in a deep breath. 
Oh no, we're burning, we're burning! <laughs> so that was uh, a little excerpt from um, the foreteller um, voiceover and uh, sort of scenario introduction to Gloomhaven. So the Elder Drake from Gloomhaven is uh, my number three because I have such fond memories. I know, you, Brent, you haven't experienced this part of the story <laughs> in Gloomhaven yet, but I remember coming across the Elder Drake and, and the story. So sorry for spoilers for Gloomhaven, but, you know, hey oh, there's a dragon in a fantasy game. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember his like the what the things that he said because he spoke for a while. He's like Smaug, um, he's speaking dragon, and uh, even in that little elixir, he's like, "Oh, it's gonna be like that, is it?" Ra- raising your swords to me, like, "Oh, you're gonna rescue the damsel, are you?" <laughs> I just remember it like that's the voice he had in my head. Obviously, it's a bit different on the voiceover. It's a bit more, you know, deep and like, "Oh, it's like that, is it?" But. Um, when I first read the story before the voiceover was uh, available, I was like, "This dragon sounds cool," <laughs> and uh, it was such a cool, epic like boss battle. Mm. And um, I won't spoil any more, um, but there's some really cool stuff that happens as a consequence of killing or not killing the Elder Drake. Can you make friends with him. Yes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you can make friends with him, and he may or may not. Return again in the story, depending on what you do. And that is the cool thing about Gloomhaven. So, yeah. Gloomhaven, the epic fantasy, card-driven campaign, uh, you know, game that will last a lifetime and more. <laughs> children's, children's, children's lifetime. Hey, you can pass Gloomhaven along to your grandkids and they'll, <laughs> they'll experience the joy and awesome fantasy story as you have. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number three. The Elder Drake from Gloomhaven. What's that number three for you, dude? So for me, number three is a game called Fujikuro. Fujikuro! So this is a game where you are sent up by your master, your sort of sensei master, up into the um, the temples on top of the volcano to go and retrieve... Be- best place to build a temple? Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, On top of an active volcano? I mean, not, not, not just build one, build three. But not only is it an active volcano, but there's what? Dragons. There's dragons on there as well. I mean, like, yeah, it's like, exactly. Like, if the volcano isn't hard enough to deal with as it is, there's dragons on there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and the Kickstarter version, there's actually there's, um, there's four dragons, and they, all, they each, go up in, uh, each go up in size. So the, the big one, the legendary dragon, having two heads. I mean... Oh, that's cool. A I mean, two-headed dragon. Why not just have one head? Have yeah. two. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a nightmare, though, really. It's nightmare fuel. Two-headed dragon. That's, be, I mean, that's double the fire. You'd be laying at night, and the other one's chatting away. It's like, shut up, man. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. And they get on. <laughs> but that's my number three, because the, the models for them are just, like, really, really Yeah. Like, so, there are um, miniatures for these. Yeah, so the, the version if I If you got, get the, del- what, the mega the, deluxe version of the game. Yeah, there's the deluxe version or the standard version. Uh, I got the standard version, uh, but there is... But there has cool standees yeah. for them. And the artwork is lovely, isn't the it? The artwork is lovely in this. And that's nice about those, is they're kind of like that Chinese, Japanese-style yeah. dragon. So more serpentine, elongated body. Mm. But they look awesome. They're really, really nice models, though. What so, is your number two? Yeah, so cracking through these. So my number two is the Dragon King from Kingdom Death Monster. Kingdom Death Monster. Yes. So the and a game that's even more epic <laughs> in scale than Gloomhaven, I think. Although it probably wouldn't take you as long to complete the campaign. But um, yeah, Kingdom Death Monster by Adam Poots. If you aren't familiar, is probably the most expensive board game ever created, and I don't think there'll be one. That um, that beats it, but uh, it's a a nightmare 
world where you you play survivors trying to establish a settlement, living off the earth and the monsters that inhabit this horrible um, nightmare world. So whether you're fighting lions or screaming antelopes and um, you know getting all the resources and sort of chopping them up for their bones and sinew and helping using you know help, helping your settlement survive by feeding your people. Um, Anyway, one of the creatures, one of the monsters you can fight is the Dragon King. And uh, he has one of the most impressive dragon miniatures I think I've ever seen in my life. His design is somewhat unique um, mm-hmm. and different, as are all of the monsters from Kingdom Death. For example, the White Lion is is no mere regular lion. He's he's big in scale, and he has like human-like hands. Um <laughs> Which is weird. You've got the Screaming Antelope, which um, has a huge gaping maw along the length of its body, which opens up and swallows people's whole. Uh, you know, and it gives off this horrible screeching sound. And the Dragon King has um, like a huge um, gaping heart um, hole in his chest where, with like a glowing nuclear reactor, basically, in his chest. Um, he's got really cool like wings where... His wings are not like you know when the traditional dragon has got like big leathery wings and mm-hmm. their arms are like contained within the wing. Yeah. So he's he his wings are like um between his fingers if that makes sense. So like imagine like webbed hands. Imagine yeah. if webbed yeah. hands were giant wings. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what his wings are like. So he's got big arms and then these kind of wings. It sounds stupid when you think about it, but they're really <laughs> long and it's not like he's you know trying to flap around with <laughs> tiny little webbed hands at the end of his big forearms. Sounds no. like a ticking time bomb if he's got like a nuclear reactor in his Well, pretty chest. much. So when he you know he's a he's, it's a scary monster to fight because there's always that threat of like if you do too much damage he might, you know, explode. <laughs> he also has um a human form, which is quite cool. Okay. So uh, he, there's there's multiple ways you can encounter him in the the campaign. Um, you can, just as a dragon king himself and this huge dragon like monster, which also has like this big grinning face and these huge like um, very circular horns. Okay. But um, there's also a different campaign where you can uh, you you can encounter the dragon king in his human form as well, which is a very very different fight. But um, he's like this sort of giant man. And uh, yeah, I won't spoil anything, but um, yeah, I can't wait to encounter these beasts because uh, we've played. I've played Kingdom F a few times, but we've never got as far enough to encounter it yet. <laughs> one day, one day, <laughs> I'll have an excuse to paint the miniature. But yeah, that's my number two, the Dragon King from Kingdom Death Monster. That sounds good. For my number two, I have the dragon from Volthurian. So in this Volthurian. game. In this game, you are two warring houses who are just like at each other's throats, just can't stand each other. You're gonna wipe each other off the face of the planet. But sounds like my, me and my neighbours. But <laughs> but there's a dragon, and this dragon will come down and mess you up. But what I love is this model is like one of those worm type one, and it's very serpenty. I love how it looks. But it also has like legs, doesn't it? Like, yeah, rather... it's almost like a snow. I suppose yeah, almost like an insect. Um, like... To me, it, it looks like a dragon crossed with like a centipede. Yeah, but the, I love how the model's really tall because it, it, it its head is like it head is like, is on the ba- uh, on the base and the tail is around the base as well. But then its long body sort of like sort of comes up to give it's it like that weaving height. around a column or something, isn't it? Like... Uh, no, no, it's just sort of just sort of come up. There's like uh, there's a column there, but the, the body comes up way above the column. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah, the model for it is is amazing. That was what drew me to actually like, wasn't even wanting this game in the first place. I mean, they do have a meeple which looks a bit like a. Eh, eh. Yeah, there's a few games good. with dragon meeples. Like Clank so, has a a dragon meeple, but none of them look that impressive. No, miniatures no. are obviously what's really really cool. But yeah, this miniature is is amazing. Also, and it's a cool game as well. Really, really good as well. Yeah, we do Definitely. like deck building games, and yeah. Uh, that yeah, it's a nice simple little card game which just happens to come with a cool. Dragon miniature. Really cool miniature. <laughs> right, so that means we're on uh, numero uno. Well, do we have any shout-outs? Oh, yeah, we might. Let's do one honourable mention each. I've got loads. I mean, I mentioned Smout. <laughs> let's do one honourable mention each. I have loads of them. Yeah, well, no, I'll just say one. Um, well, we kind of mentioned Clank a minute ago. Like, obviously, he's called cool. The dragon comes up in the artwork and that. We mentioned Smaug as well, obviously, the terrible, the magnificent yep. red dragon from... Um, from the Hobbit trilogy, mm-hmm. obviously appears in Hobbit themed, well Hobbit board games, but it does have a, an impressive miniature in the Hobbit strategy battle game. And there was one more that I wanted to point out, um, was the zombie dragon from Warhammer Quest or from the Warhammer universe. Yeah, but I know it best from Warhammer Quest because we had one adventuring party that was trying to travel to um, the undead realm or wherever it was down below the old world and um, we travelled through a canyon and lo and behold we happened to stumble across the lair of a zombie dragon who then decided to total party kill the entire party so, <laughs> so we're like well that was fun let's not go to the undead world again <laughs> so yeah that's my mention. really cool zombie dragons from the Warhammer universe but the what they looked like way back when way back when so like the 90s version of it like the 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 old metal model, which li- literally did look like you know a decaying um, classic dragon, you know the four legs, big, um, big leathery wings, but all falling to pieces. Whereas the new zombie dragon is looks a bit weird. The I mean, metal, it's, it's cool, but the, the metal uh, models of old though. I remember like some of them, uh, uh, some of them was so because because uh, the metal was so heavy. Some of them, like, I had yeah. the I had the original metal giant. The oh, that, times, was, that weighed a ton, didn't it? The amount of times that would fall off the base, I'd have the, the, I put a little snotling on it to give a kind of scale. Yeah. The amount of it fall off, I'd be like, what's that? That's my How giant. many times did you have to glue it back together? <sighs> Nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> I had to green stuff that hand on. That hand on was like, so the whole the whole model was one big metal chunk apart from the hand. It's just right. like this massive heavy hand hanging off. It's just like... It's never going to stick. No, never, <laughs> never. So um, what honourable mention did you want to honourably mention? For my honourable my honorable, honorable mention is was actually for the Games Workshop's line of dragons. Not just the zombie dragon, yeah. but uh, for me, I played orcs. So the wyverns. Yeah, like they're, Te- technically not a dragon, but yeah, go on. <laughs> it's got wings that flies. It kind of looks like a dragon. There's so every, many people... Well, every sense of the word. Technically, I mean, like if you want to get down to it, Smaug doesn't have four legs, so he is, I guess, a wyvern, but... Yeah, anyway. that's two. <laughs> so for, I still um, have that model, by the way. Or the uh, the the Orkin Goblin Wyvern that you were referring to. The you mean the serpent one? Because uh, yep. honestly, I've... the one that's like looks on profile it looks like an S. Yeah, yeah, because he's like his body goes up and back round. He, he, like like su- he likes Superman. He likes all yeah. about hope and honor. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he's orc, so I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so for me, I was a big orc collector. I've mentioned n- numerous times on the show, and like there's three stages for me. There was like the original S-shaped one. There was yeah. that that time they went for the pot belly. Yeah. 
So it was really weird they had this like. So the same, it was the, the next edition of the Wyvern model. Yeah. Yeah, it had like a big fat belly, didn't it? Yeah. But the newest edition is just amazing. That one just looks like so. So, so is that the one that's now like called a Moor Crusher or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've changed all the names obviously for, you know. Essentially it is the Wyvern, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's called a Bone Snapper or Moor Crusher or gut buster or something but, like that but for me though all the games are actual models you know like they've got uh forest dragons they've got chaos dragons well, that's they're... the one that i loved the, there was i think it was the twilight sisters or yeah 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 the one there was a the... forest dragon with two two elf which lance always had yeah i was always jealous he had that model the yeah the, the whole game's actual range though you can look at any of those models and just like just it's, it's beautiful yeah my uh my uh, fiance has also texted me and said like can you mention toothless which actually, she How does, to train your dragon. She does, she does. That is a cool dragon. She does point out the fact that it is in the Monopoly. So I mean, it does six feet and count? Is it? Is, is it? In, there is a How to Train Your Dragon Monopoly game. So does actually count? In there must be a good game, like a good ball game in How to Train Your, your Dragon somewhere. No, like, that isn't Monopoly. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So number one, um, do you want to go for your number one, Brent? Okay. Yeah. I don't think you've heard of mine. I don't think you've heard of mine. Ooh! So my number one, uh, I've seen this. Be funny if it was the same thing. We mentioned the same thing. Like, well, so I my, have heard of it. My number one, I have. Um, I've seen this around a lot, and uh, I've recently found places I can actually purchase it now, which is kind of nice. It's a game called Dragon. Dragon. Yeah, double O. Uh, so basically, Drag- dragoon. Dragoon. Well, yeah, dragoon. Dragoon. Yeah. However you want to pronounce it, man. It's words. So, Where's it from? Uh, so this game is um, all about uh, you, there's an island and there's four different dragons on this island which represents uh, the four players who are playing. Right. And the mat is a clock, a cloth mat and the miniatures are metal which is really, really cool. So you've got like a, a nest and you've got your, like, your, your dragon meeple as well which represents you on the map. And settlers have come to your island in order to inhabit it. Cool. And what you can do is you can go around and you can either... So you play as the dragons. You play as the dragons. And uh, what you're trying to do is basically, you know, just, you can either destroy the settlers to make some quick money. So obviously if you just if you destroy their village or their city, you can you, you can get the ash, get the get the, the gold and take it back to your um to your nest. Yeah. Or you can um, make them your substitutes. You can go in there and be like, you know, look, your I'll, servants. I'll mess you up unless you pay me sort of thing. I'll give you honour. But um, also the other dragons are also trying to do the same thing as well. But also you can go into other people's lairs and steal their money as well. Oh, this sounds pretty cool. But what I like about that is, is it's a cloth mat with metal, you know, yeah. dragons on as well. It looks really, really cool. I can't wait to play it. Are you going to pick it up? I want to, yeah, yeah. I've just got to find it at a decent price. It's one of those yeah. ones where if I can find it at a decent price, I'll get it. But, well, yes. that, that's where I was lucky with this game. Okay, so my number one um, is Simurg. Simurg. Have you heard of this? I've not heard of Simurg. <laughs> I'll spell it out to you. I, I could be pronouncing that wrong. Uh, it is. Where's my list? Um, S-I-M-U-R-G-H. Simurg. Okay. Simurg. Yeah. So I played this years ago. I think it came out like 2014, 2015, something like that. I played it years ago uh, with some other friends when I lived in London. And it is a game that I wouldn't normally play, mm-hmm. but as in the style of game, but the theme really drew me in. So it is a worker placement game. Okay. Um, and it's set in this rich fantasy world where you're, it's kind of, 
almost kind of Japanese inspired, but there's, the board is like a giant castle, and you all play dragon riders. But the dragons, that I mean, there's a lot of different ones in there, but the one on the front cover is one of the most beautiful dragons I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. It's almost a, a kind of hybrid of a dragon and a bird, because okay. it's got like kind of feathered features to it. Um, there are lots of cool dragons in the game, um, which do all sorts of different things. But essentially, you, yeah, it's a worker placement. You've got um, two different, they call them vassals, no no uh, relation to um, <laughs> to Tom Vassal from the Dice Tower. But um, you've got dragon riders and you've got like soldiers. Um, and you're just going to put them on different areas of the board to collect different resources, whether that's wood, iron, gold, or or um, these little dragon tokens, because you can have dragons which have different abilities, and they have um, you need the dragon tokens because you can discard them off the dragon to do their ability. So okay. you sometimes want to send out workers to get them back, so you can do it again. Um, it's a cool game. I managed to pick it up. I think. I mean, it's. I think it would have been like 40, 50 quid okay. at least back in the day, but I managed to find a second-hand copy for uh, eighteen pounds. That's pretty good. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll pick it up because um, we were, you know, we were res was researching for this, um, and um, I couldn't remember the the name of the game, but I remember playing this. Um, I think it was a guy called Fuzz who had it. Um, it was a friend of mine um, from a few years back, and um, yeah, I remember being impressed with the artwork. And uh, yeah, that's my number one, Simog, the dragon riding work placement game. Surprised? Yeah, I am. I am. I am. <laughs> I am, but no, that's good. Well, I can't wait to show you uh, the artwork for it because it is amazing. Yeah. No miniatures, you know, it doesn't have to be miniature. It's just a, co a cool, cool artwork because artwork can really make a game. I think it um, like, um, doesn't have to be miniatures either. In the fact that as long as it makes you feel like you are doing what you're doing, because there are some games where you go, oh, you're doing, you know, in this one you're going to run a hospital, and you go like, wouldn't feel like I was running a hospital, felt like I was just yeah. pushing stuff around. I felt like I was an accountant <laughs> in a hospital. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, um, that's our random fave fives for this month, guys. Random fave fives. Yeah. So, let us know what you want us to do for the next one. Um, you know, get in touch with us um, through Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So if you've got any ideas. Send us a pigeon. Send a, yeah. <laughs> Send a raven. <laughs> send a raven, send a pigeon, whatever you want to do. Just get in touch and uh, yeah, we'll come up with something random and crazy to do next time. So let's move on to the next feature, which is a review. A view Re of evolution. Evolution. So tell us about evolution, Brentos. Evolution is a complicated matter. It started way back when. Uh, are you going to read... Um, the Darwin book to us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is the game. This chap wrote a big book on the subject. <laughs> Mr. Darwin. Uh, no, so ba uh, basically, uh, Evolution is a game by uh, North Star Games. It's primarily card based. Yeah, but have some cool components. So in this game, you are represent different species around a watering hole. And uh, what you're looking to do is, you know, evolve to your natural, to your climate. So you can do that by playing cards on your guys. So maybe you want to get a longer neck so you can then, like, take food from the watering hole before anyone else can. Yeah. So you're giving them, like, traits. All yeah. the cards are, like, different traits. Yeah. So you can you can have ones that allow you to burrow. So it means that, like, you're less like a the borrowing foraging creature. Yeah. 
But also you can play cards and you, which means you, this turns you into a carnivore. So then you're not worried about what's in the middle of the... No, because you're not eating the, the plant food from the watering hole. Yeah, you're you're going to eat the other species. Other <laughs> and the aim of the game is to get the... Or have the most points. And you score points by having um, more species and having... Uh, more of that particular species, so its population is higher, and eating the most food overall, isn't it? Yeah. So what what you'll do on your um at the start of the game is that you'll you'll take your cards, and you'll choose um one card to put into the middle, and this is how much food you're sort of like putting into the middle of, of yeah, the board. Yeah, because as well as having the traits, they all have a food value on them. Yeah. Really. So you can which can be negative or positive. Yes, exactly. So um, if you've got a lot, to, if you're planning to go down the carnivore route, you may want to put in less food into the middle. And then what what happens is once everyone's played their traits, you go around, uh, you know, one at a time, and you just take one food out of the middle there for each creature. But then what's really cool is how all the different cards play off each other. So you can have um, cooperation, for instance, which means that every time your creature takes food out of the middle, the one next, the your species next to it also mm. takes the food out of the middle. And each species can only have a maximum of three traits. Yeah. And you can chop and change them as you go along, because the idea is obviously you're evolving as you go along. Yeah, it'd be really weird if they were stifled <laughs> if you say you can... Like, no oh no, you can only be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got horns, that's it, that's your thing. You're a newt, mate, that's it. <laughs> Deal with it. But um, what I liked about the game is the, the little, you get little species boards, which yep. are really nice little thick um, cardboard cutouts, which have... Um, place it like cutouts to put your cubes, which represent your population and your body size. Yeah. Um, obviously, your body size is going to help you um, defend against carnivores. Mm-hmm. Also, can help you in other areas as well. You can help you if you've got um, the trait uh, um, fat tissues. It basically means you can store more fats. So you can because... store food on the card and then yep. eat it later. I think, isn't it? Something yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to make sure when all the food gets dished out that you've got enough food to feed each of your species up to their population. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't got that, if there isn't enough, then your population starts going down and they start dying. Yeah, it goes down to match the uh, the level of your population in that regard. Well, I love playing as the carnivore. In the first game that we had, um, I ended up with like some uber carnivores who were like, re- I'd beefed up their body size because you can just, dis- rather than playing traits, you can discard cards to increase population or body size, yep. can't you? And um, I'd got a, a really cool species that um, was um, a pack hunting fat carnivore, basically. Yeah. That just went around eating everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and that was good fun. Well, I thought I saw like about it. There's, there's there's lots of different tactics you can play. You're like, do you want to go all herbivores? Do you want to go like mega defense on your guys? So there are traits you can play on your guys which allow you um, to give warnings out to your fellow species to sort of say, "Oh, hey, yeah. there's like little monkeys going." You can even have him... Or like the little meerkat sticking his head out. Right. <laughs> you can even have, um... oh, shit, there he is! <laughs> you can have um, herbivores, which are like carnivorous, so therefore... They're like the... scavengers, Yeah, scavengers. So, so they can eat both foods. Yeah, so when, when a carnivore basically eats, they get to like eat off the carcass sort of thing, which is really... I really like that idea. Really thematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also an expansion, which I haven't um, had a chance to play, but it adds in... Uh, birds essentially so there's then like you've got the cliff tops which has more food on on there but um you can then allow your uh your guys to grow wings and, yeah. and evolve one thing that really blew me away about the game is the art style yes the artwork so, is definitely i don't know who the artist is i have to look it up but um it is so vibrant and colorful like every card is like a watercolor painting um if you saw the box on the shelf, 
it would immediately catch your eye as to be, you know, oh, wow, what is that? And it, you'd, you'd just want to pick up the box and have a look at it purely yeah. because of the artwork on the front. Um, it's a giant, like, multicolored lizard that's on the front of it. Um, and every other card, all the different traits have the same artwork style, which brings a certain, I don't know, just... It's so colourful on the table, isn't it? It is. It's really nice to look at. And they've also, um, based on the success of Evolution, they've obviously got the expansion, which is the um, the flight expansion. They've also done one which is a climate one. So this adds in the other extra layer of, like, not only are you fighting over food, but what if it's really, really hot or if it's really, really cold? Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's not a new game. It's been out a while. Yeah. Hence, there's a few expansions out for it. But we thought... We had such a good time playing it over the last month because um, it was one of the games that we got through Borrow Game. It's also one of those games, if you're looking for a sort of a family game, this is definitely one of them because it's very mm. easy to teach to people. It's not, there's not a lot of overcomplicated uh, rules. Or like all, the, all the complicated rules are on the card, so you can just easily just go... Yeah, I mean, the cards are... tell you what they do. Yeah, exactly. So you're just playing them next to your guys, creating a nice little habitat for your different species to, to live in and it, and it's cool like the amount of combinations you can go because yeah. you could have a long necked horned burrowing creature if you wanted you could have um, a hard shelled tiny tree climber you like <laughs> What it's really like weird. as well, because obviously with your with your carnivores you want to go out and attack other people's species so it means that they're you know, you know you're going to kill them off but if your carnivore can't eat your opponent's species, but it can eat your own. Yeah, they will do that. They will do that. Like, they'll go so after. So sometimes it. you find yourself like defend. If you've got herbivores, you want to try and defend against the the you know the potentially attacking carnivores. Yeah. And there's different ways of doing that. Like we said, the warning call trait alerts um, certain species to their presence, so they can't be attacked. Um, but the carnivores can only attack. Mon- uh, Species that have a... I was going to say monsters, but... <laughs> they're species that have a smaller body size. Yes. So you can start... You know, if you see someone's tooling up their carnivores, you can start increasing your body size. You can give them, like, the hard shell, which increases their defences. You can give them horns, which means that um, some of the carnivores die in the attack. It's almost like, you know, T-Rex is attacking, like, a triceratops. You imagine, like... Or raptors, you know, yeah. attacking it if they were the pack hunting ones. What I like about it is the fact that there's like a, there's a card called climb, which means that you could then give your herbivores the ability to climb, which means they're going to climb into trees. But yeah. then, so they, the might... carnivores can't attack unless they can climb trees too. But yeah, that's the thing. You might get around to carnivores and they're like, fine, you're going to climb a tree. I'm going to be able to climb now. So it's just like you've, it's just, it's Game just of constant. Cat and mouse. <laughs> yeah, this is a constant thing where you're playing cards and you're changing them out in order to give yourself a better ability or. Uh, you know, and species are dying out as well. Mm. There just... probably isn't a game that covers a, as a wider span of time. Yeah. So you think you're essentially playing <laughs> yeah. millions of years in an hour <laughs> over the course of a game, which I think is really cool. Um, so, yeah, we got this from Borrower Game. We yep. played it over the last month. We tried it with our other halves. We tried it with our gaming groups and had an absolute blast playing it each time, haven't we? Okay, what would you give it out of five? If one was well, essentially like these microscopic, you know, germs that are like not involved or anything, or like the ultimate species of evolution is dragon, what? The dra- <laughs> not a real animal. I'm sure Charles Darwin didn't mention dragon in his uh, evolution theory. 
Um, I'd give it a solid, a solid elephant, man. Like, <laughs> a solid elephant. An elephant with a brightly coloured elephant with a, a hard tortoise shell, and um, yeah, horns to boot, horns as well as tusks. I'd have to give it a ferocious monkey, <laughs> ferocious monkey, like a baboon, a, cle- a, cl- a oh, tree man. climbing baboon, a tree climbing baboon was just you know, uh, a, a, just like a, a parade of feathers around its neck. Nice. So, yeah. It's a really, honestly, it's a really good game. and um, it's, it's, defi- it's got a lot of replayability. It's, yeah. got, um, it's beautiful, colourful artwork. It's a really simple concept to grasp. It's nice card-based. And we forgot to mention the best thing about the game. What's that? It's, it comes with a giant dinosaur meeple. A long neck. Yeah, which is the first player token. Oh, man, I watched the Lamp for time recently. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, I'll, heart, start, I'll start crying. Reaching. I will start crying. Don't mention that Why? film. Why? <laughs> It's just so sad that film. Why? But long necks are a feature of the game, which is really cool. So yeah. I think that's what um, Rachel got really excited about because she, she loves that as well, doesn't she? Well, yeah, well, she was like, "How many long necks did she have in her?" She, in her loose. she was like, "The like long neck five long neck species going." That was like, on. That was like her. That was like her jam. That's what she's going to go for. I'm going to go for <laughs> a long work and then like fruit. It's going to work out. <laughs> so we definitely recommend Evolution for all sorts of gamers, whether you're hardcore gamer, whether you're, you know, just into your light family games, whether you've got kids who enjoy Maybe gaming. Maybe you play your grandma. Yeah, if she'd you play with your grand, person. she'd love it too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason we, we bring that up is because we have um, been using the service Borrow Game, and this was the first game that we got as part of uh, the service. Um, so what we'd like to do now is actually talk to Sheila, the, the lovely lady behind Borrow Game. Yes, indeed. And we have her now. Yeah, so we're going to go to... Uh, roll the VT! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're live! We're live now! No, we recorded this early. <laughs> guys, so. Should do that? <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Excellent. So uh, welcome to the show, Sheila. It's uh, great to have you on. Welcome to the Bearded Gamers podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's great, it's great to have you here. <laughs> Brent, we has been talking to you over the, over the past sort of few uh, weeks really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. we've been sort of talking about the service uh, and what we've think so far. But you've got some questions uh, that we'd like, to, we'd, well, we'd just love to ask you, really. Yeah, because uh, basically, like, oh. we, we, so great. Your your um, what your business uh, kind of show last uh, last uh, month, and um, what we want to do is have you on the show to sort of go through like um, how how it sort of works in that regards. Yeah, of yeah. course. Do you want me to give a brief overview, or do you want yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, just for all those people who are new to it, you know what? What is Borrow Game? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Borrow Game is a UK-based board game subscription, um, which basically means that um, we send you board games. We're kind of like a board game cafe through the post. Um, so, <laughs> we have a, a selection of games. At the moment, we've got about just over a hundred, um, which, um, as a subscriber, you can have access to any of them. Um, and the way that it works is that every month, depending on what level of subscription you have, you get a certain amount of tokens which you can put towards games. Um, and one of the cool things which we've just launched as well is a try before you buy feature, um, which is basically mm-hmm. so um, we work on a kind of a swap or keep basis. So if at the end of the month you decide you want to swap your games, that's totally fine. Send them back and we'll send you your next batch. Um, but now we also have the option to, if you decide that you want to keep the games, um, you can also buy the games and you get your tokens that you spent on the games back to borrow some more games next month. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a really great idea, actually. Um, so was it 
was it a case of, did you have like a dream of setting up a board game cafe when you were younger, maybe? And this is like a sort of evolution of that idea? Or what was the, how did you come and buy this sort of idea? Or did it, did it come out of like lockdown? Did that yeah. have some, because it's relatively new, as I understand your, your business, isn't it? Yeah, so um, firstly, I'm totally flattered that you think that I'm young enough that there were board game cafes when I was young. Um, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they didn't exist when I was a kid, but that's fine. <laughs> we wish they did. <laughs> I feel like when I was young, we had like Monopoly and <laughs> Pluto. Um, no, so this, I think, yeah, it's probably one of more of a lockdown, um, a lockdown idea. So we only launched in the summer. Um, so we we did we did start our testing in spring this year and then we officially launched in the summer. Um, so in spring this year, um, I was actually meant to be cycling from so cycling around the world. So starting in wow. London and yeah, um, and trying to get to Singapore, which is kind of as far as you can get over land. Um, and obviously quite difficult with coronavirus and a lot of the borders are closed. So that yeah, yeah that kind of got parked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so my husband and I came back to the UK. Um, and it was kind of a case of like we'd quit our jobs, we'd packed up all our furniture, put everything in storage, like left our flats, literally put everything in storage and gone out to cycle on our bikes. And we're living off sort of like the four bags on our bikes and a tent and we were sort of camping along the way. Um, and it was more sort of when we came back and I was unpacking all my stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've literally survived out of bags for the last couple of, just over, uh, yeah, just over a month. Um, and to come back and I was like, I've got all this stuff in storage, and I've got all these games, and half of them I haven't even played that many times. There's a couple in here that I've never played. And it was this kind of moment of like, oh, like it can't just be me who has this game of like, well, this collection of games that like I haven't, I definitely haven't played enough to make the most of them. Um, yeah. Which I've never played. And I was like, oh my God, like, there must be other people out there. Um, so I basically started talking to as many people as I could find. And I basically called people up and was like, so, um, can I just ask you, like, what is it that is stopping you from playing more games? Like, or what, what would make your life easier if you wanted to play more games? Because, like, if, you know, if you compare to when, certainly when I was young, at least, and there's kind of the Monopoly and Cluedo world, the world has changed so much, and there's so many more amazing games out there at the moment, right? Like, Definitely. Yeah, all, totally, like, yeah. like, all the independents that are coming out, you know, and there's just, you know, this, this amazing world of games out there. Um, and so basically, so I asked people this question, I was like, what would, you know, what would help you play more games? And it kind of, there was two things that people came back with. There was one which is, uh, some games, are, they're just a little bit too expensive. And, you know, it's maybe like 30, 40, 50 pound a game. And I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. And so I don't really want to invest in it if I'm not sure I'm going to like it. So I just, I probably won't ever play a new game. And I'll just stick to the ones I know yeah. I like. Um, and then there's also the other ones which are like, well, cool. I, mean, I know there's games out there, but I just don't know what I like. Mm. And I don't know... I don't know how to find out what I like and it's just kind of it's almost like yeah it's too much choice like I don't even know where to start it's kind of like when you go into a supermarket and you're slightly tired and you're like oh it's just just give me my food and especially going to free from section yeah. <laughs> yeah so um but yeah so it's kind of those two these two things that came out and they were like okay cool I think we can you know do something to help these these like people try and play more games um and so the the sort of the overall mission of borrow a game is to help people play more games um and also one of the side things in there is also save a little bit of money um so that's kind of where sorry that's like a really long tangent that's kind of where it came from <laughs> <laughs> so you have your personal games some of your own personal games are in the borrow a game library is that right yeah so that's the sort of starter collection um i'd say it's most of the ones now are new that I've got since then. 
Oh, um, yeah. and there's some which are like my personal collection which are probably not going to ever go out so what's your favorite game then what what what's been the, the sort of number one game that you've played recently that's really sort of stuck with you yeah so um oh well i said my favorite game hands down is el dorado um sort of the yeah. newer i think it's too much the newer version of it the um one which came out on kickstarter and that's kind of the game which is not on borrow game because i've quite sentimental value for this um, <laughs> <laughs> that's like my personal one um but the most recent one so um uh, maybe try and see sorry try and see if you can see it behind me on the video um because we're in a video call at the moment for, sorry for people listening on the podcast mm. um uh, but also one of the new games i got is yeah yeah lots of games behind me um so dinosaur island um, which oh, yeah. I only just played for the first time. Um, and it was kind of one of those games where I was like, ooh, like, it looks quite chunky. Like, I love the theme, dinosaurs. Yeah. Mm. Everyone loves dinosaurs. Um, and I was like, this, yeah, this is, this is really cool. And it took, it took a while to get started, I think. But once you get going, you're like, there's dinosaur puns in the it's game. It's at the top like, of Brenton's yeah. to play, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd yeah. love to get that. So, you know, if, yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. want to send us another Borrower game, then we'll definitely play that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, and it's list. I was very much one of these people when I was watching that Jurassic Park film when it came out, I thought, I really want to play a board game version of this, and it's taken like, a little while for it to come out, but yeah, definitely up there for me. Yeah, because we played uh, Jurassic Park from Ravensburger, which is obviously a little bit different, but, but that one, like, you're, you know, you either play as the dinosaurs trying to eat people or the people trying to escape. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we want to run our, our own dinosaur island. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, and obviously make sure the dinosaurs aren't eating your guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's like, oh no, no, dinosaurs ran loose. Everyone got eaten. Oh. <laughs> so, so um, obviously, you, start, you said you started off with your own collection. Um, how did you go about deciding the games you want to add to your calf? Because you want to have like those gateway games, um, sort of really available. But how do you choose about the? Do you go off for board games, um, uh, board games rating sort of like thing, or do you go for your own sort of like ideas? Yeah. So. Um, when we first started, I kind of went for more because one of the, one of the you know one of the key things about borrow game was trying to trying to get people to play more games. I'd say we we're more kind of gateway, more sort of entry level people who were sort of just starting the hobby. Um, and literally the first games that I put online, I was thinking like Catan, Polemic, Seven Wonders, and Patchwork. So it's literally yeah. like <laughs> all your kind of staple just getting started games. Um, but since then, it's broadened out a little bit. I'd say we're still probably more at the um, Sort of and just entering the board game hobby um but we also do have a so every month we have a sort of request feature mm-hmm. um which is where people can request games and it's kind of like reddit you can just like upvote a game or add a game in there yeah that's yeah. Really um, yeah so last month we had so the top game there was parks mm-hmm. um the game is which, beautiful yeah i haven't played it yet it's already been borrowed out <laughs> 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 it's coming oh someone's requested it i can't play that yeah. <laughs> i had a quick look at the packet and i was like oh, so oh there it is <laughs> it's already gone uh, yeah so, um, so, so yeah, that, chance, definitely definitely play that when you get the chance because it is i i played it with some friends recently uh talked about it on the last episode mm. i think as well and um yeah it's it's one of the most beautiful games i've played in a long time for sure yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Because you also know you had pictures as well, is that right? Um, come up recently. Yeah, so um, yeah. pictures is the um, Spiel des Jahres uh, award winner for this year. Mm. Um, so that was all those that... in your collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the ones that um, that came in because it was an award winner, and I think there was a lot of curiosity around it. Um, but yeah, it tends to be 
I guess, sort of more popular ones. Um, saying that, though, so one of the things that we are looking at doing is doing more sort of independent listings um, and more sort of smaller, quirkier games that people might not have heard of. Um, but sort of waiting until we've got our main collection up and running. Yeah, that trying to get, draw more attention yeah. to them so you can kind of, you know, um, show the, the hobby community, you know, what, the diverse range of games that is out there. Yeah, definitely. It also, it's that kind of, um, you know, it's more that kind of, there's so many games out there, where do you even start? It's more yeah, for that yeah. kind of like, there's so, like all these independent games designers, like how do you bring them to the surface and sort of, but without having to maybe take as much risk for a game that you're not sure that you might like. So. Yeah, Dan, that's, that's great that you're doing that, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And um, so, because um, you mentioned earlier that you've, uh, part of your new scheme, because obviously you started off with just you can borrow a game, um, but uh, you're looking into this, uh, you've, well, you've launched, sorry, who you even say, this idea that you can then, um, you can then keep those games. So how, how does that work then, um, that idea? you got yeah, the token. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this actually came out because, um, so when we first launched, we, um, we kind of launched and then we did a, a, um, a big survey and we had a lot of testers on board sort of in our first month um, and the main thing that came out of the of the feedback from our um, from people in the board game community was that they really wanted to um, they wanted to try the game which is why they wanted to borrow it but they also wanted the functionality of if they really loved the game they wanted to keep it mm-hmm. so we had a lot of people who were like oh cool I've borrowed a game but actually can I just can I just keep it because they really <laughs> like it <laughs> um, you know, it's already in the house and they played it a couple times and they're quite happy with the copy and they don't want to send it back and then buy it from somewhere else so that's kind of where this feature came from is that it was like we had loads of people asking for it so we're like cool okay yeah I think we have to do this um, <laughs> but yeah so in terms of the actual functionality of it um, so yeah as I mentioned earlier so we run on a token basis so for example um, tickets to ride is worth 30 tokens Okay. Um, and so if you if you borrow it, you spend your 30 tokens and you get to borrow a ticket to ride. Um, and then at the end of your month, if you decide that you want to keep Ticket to Ride, because you're totally in love with it and it's a really awesome game if you haven't played it <laughs> at it all. Is. It is a really good game, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my starter games to getting me into the board Oh, game. definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so if you love it, you can decide to buy it. Um, and then once you've bought it, we refund your tokens. So in this case, you'd get another 30 tokens to go back to renting or to borrowing games for your next month. Um, yeah. Excellent. I, what I really liked about the service as well was we, we got uh, Evolution was the, f- the first game that we borrowed. Yeah. And, um, that was a big hit, by the way. That was a real big hit. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and never, never heard, loved it. Yeah, never heard of the game before. Um, I, yeah. I borrowed it. I borrowed it based on the fact that I said to my partner, like, what games do you look of? And she said, I like that one with a lizard on it. Colourful lizards. Yeah. It's like a psychedelic sort of rainbow. It is. Yeah, the colour palette is crazy. Yeah. But the way you've packaged it, so it came... Um, in a really like beautiful presentation box, like you open up the sort of tissue paper with yeah. the borrow a game seal, and <laughs> everything was like beautifully um, packed in yeah. in its little baggies and stuff like that. I mean, how many baggies do you go through? It must be hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeves oh, as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what, like my conscience is like, oh, the amount of plastic. Um, but it does reduce it, damages, and it does make it does mean that the game gets through the post safe, and, it, yeah, and a lot of, of them course. come back. So you, you mentioned obviously the, the ability to buy the game. So in that case, um, was it was that pre the token system of buying the game? Because obviously, if I bought the game, I'd probably want the box as well because we just got the components. Mm. So is, yeah. is that something that's changing, or is that something you're going to keep the same? And then you send you just send a brand new copy out, and you send the components back. Um, so yeah, it's a good question. So a lot of people ask that. So um, 
for anyone new who hasn't <laughs> maybe come across my game before, so um, some of our games fit in like letterbox size uh, boxes. I guess that's describe mm, it. So yeah. it fits in a letterbox. So if you're not in the house when the delivery comes, it'll just go through your postbox or letterbox. Um, but obviously those don't come in the outer boxes. Yeah, um, so yeah. the way we get around that is if you um, if you do decide to keep it, um, obviously we we're trying to reduce the amount of shipping that we do. Um, so we're not like unnecessarily shipping sort of empty space rounds. So what we do is um, we'll ship you the box in your next shipment, if that makes sense, with the next yeah, shipment okay. of games. Um, so rather than sending it every single time, and some people might not want to keep the box, um, we only send it once you decide to keep it. Well, that's good as well, because yeah. then they won't have to re-sleeve it and redo all the baggage. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just redid this. <laughs> I'm, that I'm, a, I'm a pro at sleeping. Yeah, yeah. But you're all quick, like bosh, 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 bam. Well, there, there is something satisfying about popping those tokens out there. I mean, like you've yeah. you've you've had to do that for like all these other games. That must be really satisfying to go through. You and must do be all so that. high on popping, <laughs> popping tokens out. Of you know what? If anyone knows what to do with like those leftover stencil things, let me know because I've literally got a stack of them and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, some games out, they they tell you to put it underneath the insert, and then it oh. raises up. Like the box, yeah. I've had a couple of games do that, and I thought that's, oh, that's, that's actually pretty ingenious. Mm. <laughs> but most of the time, I just throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> Recycle. I've seen people make like little lamp decorations out of them. Like, oh, what? I like a board game <laughs> lamp. Right? How cool is that? Like a lampshade I made out of like popped inserts. Oh, that's that's what, cool. Uh, we're off this. Off this now. We're going to go and look that up on the internet to see if I yeah. can find something. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm well up for that because we were actually we recently bought this house. And we were in the process of like redesigning it. So if I'm, I might look up some ideas for the house then. Bet you there's an Etsy account out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the what's the future of uh, yeah. of a borrower game? Where do you see it going in the next few months and in a year or so? Yeah, so um, it's I guess it's really we're trying to spread the word about what we do. I think we're still fairly new, um, mm -hmm. so trying to um, just I guess tell people that we're here um, and that we are a board game subscription company. Um, we're also looking at expanding our range, um, as I mentioned earlier, so looking at more sort of independent designers and more sort of quirky games that people might not have heard of before. Okay. Um, mm. And then there's a couple of secret projects in the work that I can't mm. quite talk about yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing about them in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be so mysterious, um, but I will let you know. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Is there any chance of giving like a little hint, maybe, about what potentially? You don't have to if you want to. I'm just like just curious. Um, so I'll tell you a story and see if you can sort of guess what it's about. Okay. So I was in the supermarket the other day. Can you tell I'm kind of hungry because we're recording this over dinner time? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's pumpkins in the shop. And I was like, cool, Halloween, I get that, I feel that. And then I walked around the corner to pick up some bread and I was like, whoa, mince pies are on the shelves. I was like, whoa, that feels really early. So <laughs> I'll leave you with those kind of... Ah, okay, those okay, kind of that's cool. Mm. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a, a Christmas gifting service or something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to say. <laughs> uh, sounds awesome. Well, so far we've we've enjoyed um, the, the the service that you've provided, and it, like I say, it's it's perfect for trying out those games that maybe you you just didn't have the time to buy, or or you know they're a bit too expensive for you at the time, or Definitely. you know allows you to try something a little bit different. I, I really love the idea of yeah. trying some more sort of smaller independent um, games designers. You know, you know, people who are new up and coming. Um, games that I think would be great to get to the table so really looking forward to it yeah and based off that first month I actually up my subscription so next month I'm going to hopefully be able to borrow two games so I like I just I just love the stuff so much so you know in that regard sort of thing yeah it does oh, feel a niche I, I feel like sometimes I'm like 
a month comes around, I'm like, oh, I need to buy a new game. I need to get something. <laughs> and then your service like beautifully fills in when I'm like, I can't afford another game. I've, I've got too much expenses, but you know, I can borrow a game and, uh, and basically, <laughs> basically get that, that new board game high. So uh, thank you so much for delivering that to us. <laughs> oh, no, you're very welcome. <laughs> well, it's been great having you on the show, Sheila. But thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's lovely talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So everyone should definitely go and check out Borrow Again. <laughs> Where can yeah. we find them? Um, so our website is um, www.borrowagame.com. Um, mm-hmm. And we also have an Instagram account and Facebook account. Um, so at Borrow A Game. Um, same for Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, so, excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, thanks very much, Sheila. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like. So that's pretty cool. That was uh, Sheila from Borough Game. Yeah, thanks again, Sheila, for allowing us to interview you. That was uh, very nice of you. And um, we well, we have some news at the end of the show. Show. Yeah, so you've reached it this far. So um, there's only one Good thing luck. to do. <laughs> it's to reward. Well done. Reward you. So we'd love to give one of our lucky listeners uh, a month's free subscription with Borough Game. Yep, one month free subscription to one lucky listener. Courtesy of the Bearded Gamers. That's us. We've had an absolute blast using the service. We think it's a great opportunity to try new games and to you know try games that you might not necessarily get the chance to try normally. So what we'll be doing is holding a competition for the month of October, running until the 25th of October. All you need to do to enter is either like on our Facebook or Instagram page and then leave a comment about what game you'd like to borrow from the service, tag in borrow a game, and also a friend as well that you'd like to play the game with. Perfect. Easy winnings. You can get yourself a month of borrow a game. And if you want to enter twice, you can also enter on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, That'll... get your double dip. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Spread the word. That's what we love. Because they're a new service and, um, you know, they're great. And we, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we love them here. Yeah. So that's the end of the show then, yeah. guys. Come to the end of another one. So uh, until next time, play more games. Borrow Always some roll games. Sixes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> roll six if you have to. I mean, most dice don't even have numbers. Oh, on what if you don't have to roll sixes? What if that's really bad, though? Oh, don't roll sixes then. Roll yeah. one. Yeah, what if you're doing a leadership test? Mm. Uh, then you want ones. What if it's symbols, though? What do you do then? Then, well, roll better. Roll better. <laughs> Just be better at games. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.